Discovery revealed its three-step program to integrate Discovery Plus and HBO Max. Should it stop at step two? Netflix is trialing an upcharge for out-of-home sharing. Will the approach fly in North America? Listen on to find out more. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside Stream. That uh, that was Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media at the top, and I am Will Richmond from Video News. Hey, Colin, how's everything going this week? Uh, it's great, Will. I've been really enjoying uh, reading a lot of data this week. I've looked at some audience project data, and there was some really interesting ga- data from Samsung ads that looked at churn and new users really great really great stuff been keeping me well entertained this week (laughs) okay well we have a couple of news stories we want to talk about first on the podcast and then we actually have a couple of stories um, for the bulk Uh, the first is going to relate to discovery and hbo max bundling and then if we have time we're going to try to get to the idea of netflix trialing uh, in several countries, the elimination of account sharing outside of the primary address. So we'll see if we get time for that. But um, your first news story this week is what? Well, it is that David Gandler, who's the CEO of Fubo TV, is kind of upset with Wall Street. He thinks that the Wall Street traders are not giving his company full, full credit. He says, in my opinion, they're missing a lot probably everything in the value. And boy, I guess he has a reason to be upset, Will, because the stock traded at a high of $66. That's nearly $67 in 2018. And today it's about seven bucks. So <laughs> he may well be complaining about uh, not getting full value. He says that they focus on the fact that the business model is kind of broken, that you know, with raising prices for the fees for the channels and diminishing interest from audiences, they seem to really down downvalue his company, but uh, as we noted, I think in the podcast before, he's uh, it's been growing very strongly. Doubled the amount of subscribers to 1.1 million in the last year. They have a brand new business model. They're, they're investing in betting. They've got sports books active now in ten uh, ten states. Uh, and I think it is a definitely an interesting approach. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not a financial analyst, so I'm not sure if I'm willing to say that I think they are undervaluing the business. But it certainly looks a little bit more interesting than your standard uh, VMVPD, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, the sports betting part is still new for the company. But um, that is a very hot area. And, you know, any sport that any of us tune into now, we get the intermittent messages about um, the betting lines and the book and the odds and everything else. So the broadcasters are very much incorporating that. So it seems like it could be an interesting play for them. But what the stock is worth um, with you, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's doing he's, he's talking a great story about that. He's saying about focusing on personalizing the experience based on your favorite players and then using that to offer you bets on how they perform. So I think it's uh, it looks pretty interesting to me and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it evolves. But anyway, uh, what was that, what story caught your eye this week? Well, the one that caught my eye was that Amazon officially closed its acquisition of MGM 
That was a six and a half billion dollar deal, the second largest acquisition that Amazon has made uh, after the Whole Foods deal from a bunch of years ago. And, you know, we haven't heard a ton from Amazon about uh, how they're going to incorporate this content or what the evolution of it is going to be. But it's certainly a big library. So it, um, you know, to the extent that it gets added to Prime Video, um, it's going to be a nice addition for uh, users. There's 4,000 movies that they have, including, of course, James Bond. And there are 17,000 episodes, uh, TV episodes in the library. So a lot of content that's there, not clear exactly how it's all going to get integrated or not integrated into Prime Video, but certainly a you know pretty major move by Amazon. So that deal is now closed and official. It sure is. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they're going to do, Will. I'm, one of the things that MGM has always done, I thought quite well with that library, is managing the licensing of the content. That's obviously a really big part of their business. I don't know how that fits with what Amazon's got in, got in its plans, but uh, I think that's a very valuable part of the business, which I would hope that it will continue to, to provide. But how that stuff's going to show up in Prime Video, I just don't know. It uh, could be very, very interesting. But lots of opportunity, I think. Time will tell. It will indeed. Well, let's go on to our first main story of this week, um, which you wrote about. And uh, it's obviously been very much in the news, which is the Discovery Warner Brothers deal, which is looks like it's going to close sometime in the next few weeks. And um, their CFO was speaking this week at a conference and uh, started sort of pulling back the curtain a little bit on um, what the plans are for the service or combined service. And uh, that was um, certainly news. And you wrote about it and I think you have some pretty clear opinions about what they should and should not be doing. Oh, I've always got opinions, Will. <laughs> yes. Um, I was actually very surprised at how forthcoming Gunnar Weidenfels, who's the Discovery C- CFO, was at the Deutsche Bank Annual Media Internet and Telecom Conference this week. He was really quite specific, and bearing in mind that the two haven't come together, I, you know, I was kind of surprised. But as I read through what he was saying about what their plans were, it seemed very clear that they seemed to have a three-step plan for HBO Max and Discovery Plus, ending ending in a combined product. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that in just a sec. I want to go through the three steps because they're pretty interesting and I think they're pretty appropriate. Um, so the first thing they, it looks like they're planning on doing is a bundle, which I think makes tremendous sense. He says, we will start working on an interim solution in the meantime. So right out of the gate, we're working on getting the bundling approach re- ready and maybe a single sign-on. And so there's two parts of the bundle. One is the bundle pricing, which he didn't say anything about. The second is the service integration. And that's what he was hinting on with maybe a single sign-on. Um, this is, it's, let's be clear here. It's going to be pretty hard for them to do any sort of integration, physical integration between the two services because we've got two completely different software stacks for HBO Max and for Discovery Plus. They're completely separate technical solutions. So I don't know how much integration they're going to be able to get 
um, a single sign-on would, I guess, be the basic thing. Um, and that would be great if they could do that. Uh, so I don't know how much integration will get there. But the bundle pricing, well, that could be interesting. HBO Max with its with ads costs $9.99 a month and Discovery Plus with ads costs $4.99 a month. So maybe they can give us a bundle price of $12 a month. That would be pretty interesting. And I think that'd be that three dollars. That'd be a three dollar discount from the a la carte price. Right, and I'm and sort of, fit. I've sort of got half an eye on what Disney Plus is. Disney is doing with the Disney bundle. There, will they're also quite aggressive. And I think a price like that might be enough to sort of nudge some people who have HBO Max to maybe try Discovery Plus, and people who are thinking of signing up for one to try both. Um, but, but I guess, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I don't know. Would, if, if, uh, do you have HBO, HBO Max? Yes. Would, so if they were to introduce a bundled price that was a couple of bucks more, would you give Discovery Plus a try? I mean, I'm not a big viewer of Discovery content, so it probably wouldn't land with me. Um, I think that's a point that you're about to make pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> clearly. Um, you know, what the, overlap or you know what the um synergy is between these two um so i would probably pass is the short answer yeah how about you me too me too i do have hbo max uh we do use that and i'm not i did actually sign up for discovery plus but ended up dropping it maybe maybe a two dollar difference might get us get me back in i don't know but the second the second stage of the convergence between these two, I think makes total sense. He's talking about converging the technology platforms. As I mentioned, the two, the two, uh, services have completely different technology stacks. And that means maintaining two complete development teams and two complete development trajectories. And that just doesn't make sense. There's a lot of synergies they can get, I think, by combining the two technology platforms and looking at the two services they don't look that dissimilar the interfaces are quite similar the needs of both are very very similar both have ads now both have a lot of have a lot of on-demand content both are doing some linear in inside of inside of the products so i think the demands the technical demands are very similar and the trajectory of those technical demands are also very similar so you're going to see ad innovation going on in there you're also going to see discovery and search innovation and recommendation innovation and all of those uh, i think are needs of both platforms so in short technology bringing the technology together makes total sense to me lots of savings in the back end in costs and lots of synergies that they can bring to bring to bear on the experience of both products um, if they can combine them into a single product and by the way combining the technology platforms will i don't think requires that you combine the services themselves into a single product However, that is what he seems uh, he seems about to do. They they definitely say that they see it as a single combined product. And I got to tell you, I think this I think they should stop at just combining the technology and the bundle. Well, I don't really think 
that there's a good reason for them to combine into a single product. So I've got a couple of arguments for that. One is I really, as you know, you and I, we're good examples, I think, of possible customers. There's not a lot of synergy for us between the two services. We'll be hard to sway, I think, to come, to pay a higher price for both services. And there's going to be a lot of people who are big HBO fans who are just not interested in that content and vice versa. So forcing people to pay a higher price for both sets of content is, I think, not a good strategy. And it sort of harkens back to what I remember happening with cable TV. I actually dug out some data from 2016 from TiVo. And basically, one of the biggest gripes that people had with pay TV packages was you got to pay this huge price for a bunch of content that you don't want. 80% of people said that they wanted the opportunity to pick the content in their package. Uh, And this really would be sort of a step back towards this big bundle idea where you're forcing people to pay for content that they don't want. And uh, I think that's just a bad move. I think what will happen is they'll end up losing subscribers. They'll piss, they'll piss their audience off. And uh, I just think it's a, a really bad idea. And, you know, just to reinforce that, we're one more point here. HBO already sort of kind of did that when they put a whole bunch of Warner Media content into HBO to create HBO Max. And I'm not actually convinced that doing that, adding all of that Turner content into HBO, we're in with HBO Max, has actually won them that many more subscribers. What has worked for HBO Max, I think, is the early release window for movies. There's a lot of evidence that a lot of people that signed up, signed up for those early release movies. So I don't think slamming a whole bunch of content together that doesn't necessarily belong is a good strategy. So anyway, what do you think? You think it's a you think it's a the, the right thing to do? Well I, I mean I think your argument is compelling and the examples of our own tastes would support that. I guess you know the question is would they be doing this or even talking about doing this if they didn't have some research to back it up. I mean, in some ways, the whole deal is predicated on some degree of synergy between, uh, you know, marketing or promoting, merging the two services together, right? It's if streaming is the future um, and both have been aggressively pursuing with Discovery Plus and HBO Max, then I think clearly, you know, they're, belief is that you can get to two plus two equals five. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, (laughs) research can tell you lots of different things, but reality doesn't necessarily play out that way. (laughs) Right. Um, So I don't know. I I guess the only thing I would say to give them the benefit of the doubt is that it's, it's, you know, that there, there must be something or some things that they have to substantiate their thinking. It's not just a pie in the sky kind of approach. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, what maybe, do you think? Do you- maybe they do, but I, I certainly haven't seen any data out there that sort of suggests yeah. that there's a lot of commonality between the two audiences and that, that this would be a, a one plus one equals four. There are plenty of other reasons why bringing the two organizations together 
is a good idea and I really support the combination and that is you can make lots of savings in the back end you know um, uh, we've already talked about the technology savings but there's lots of things with OPEX and and with with the management of the services that you can really get a lot of synergies in the back end and you know I look at on a smaller scale if you look at what Synodyme is doing Synodyme is buying lots of brands that have some audience out there, um, like uh, the Film Doctor and Dove Dove uh, TV and, and 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 a whole bunch of other brands, and they're buying them and they're getting synergies in the back end, but they're maintaining them as separate brands outside of that. And I think they're being very successful here. Now, of course, that's on a much smaller scale than we're talking about here with Discovery and with HBO Max. Um, but I think there's plenty of evidence that you can maintain two separate brands, get synergies in the back, back, back end to make it more efficient to deliver them and do extremely well with them. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think to my mind, I just don't see these two brands fitting well together in a single service. Uh, I think it's a, it's a bad move, but, uh, hey, it looks like we're going to find out if they're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, not find out anytime soon, though, I don't think. It's going to no. take – I think they're, that's what their CFO was saying, is that this is a story that's going to play out over a long period of time and also that there's a lot of detailed kind of sensitive planning that has to go into this kind of a move um, because, you know, I think everybody would agree on your point that we live in an era of consumer choice and trying to – sort of stuff a legacy cable TV model where lots of channels were included that were never watched and yet they had to be paid for that that just doesn't work in the streaming world so um, so there I think they'll be sensitive about how to do this yeah if yeah, they I do it. So. if they do it yeah and and you know even even from a technology integration plan I, I bet that that's a, at least a year it'll take them at least a year to converge the platforms and possibly longer possibly 18 months. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. So anyway, uh, t- tell us what was this? What was this thing about Netflix that you uncovered about them stopping out of home, out of home <laughs> sharing? Well, let's not make too much of it. Um, there was a journal article that I saw. I think you saw it as well. It got a lot of play. Um, that they're testing the idea of charging extra for. Um, account sharing outside of an individual home. And of course, many, many Netflix subscribers share their username and password or share the accounts, I should say, uh, with children, parents, you name it. Um, That's been sort of a staple of how uh, Netflix has been used since the beginning of time. But now there's a test that they're going to be doing in uh, Costa Rica, Peru, and Chile where they will explore the idea of charging extra for um, account sharing outside of the home. And that feels like a controversial step that, you know, if it comes to reality, and certainly we don't want to make too much of it just based on the test, but uh, if it comes to reality, it it feels like um, it would be challenging for a lot of uh, subscribers to sort of take that benefit away. So that could have the impact of um, increasing churn or, uh, you know, potentially upsetting subscribers or, you know, who knows what. So it's going to be certainly something that a lot of people will closely watch um, if they can execute it. 
it could also mean a lot of incremental revenue for the company. Yes, it, it could indeed. And it, it actually makes me wonder about how much uh, the fact that many people are doing this is actually restricting the, uh, restricting growth now in mature markets like the US. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you've got to believe that that um, there's a lot of homes that are using Netflix. As you say, they're, they're children of uh, parents. They're sharing their parents' subscriptions. And um, I mean, I've been very open about the fact that I actually share hours with my mother-in-law who doesn't live with us. Um, and when I started sharing that, I actually inc- I, I went up to the top tier so that I had four you know, I had four potential streams. And actually, I had called Netflix specifically on this and said, what should I do? And they just told me to share. <laughs> they just told me to share the password with her. But I didn't Well, that's been, the accepted, that's been the accepted behavior since the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah. But actually, in the article, they did make a very good point, And that was that it, it, it does seem to indicate that Netflix is sort of transitioning from being this high growth company in many regions to being a more mature company. And so the way you continue revenue growth there is by looking to increase revenue from each of your individual subscribers. Since they don't offer multiple, you know, um, multiple products, um, that the one of the ways you do that is by tightening restrictions on this type of thing, I guess. Um, and they're not making themselves making it any easier on themselves, are they? They they just introduced a game service, and they're not charging anything extra for that. So uh, I don't know. That this this may be one of the only ways that they can actually do that without doing the heinous adding an ad tier, which they uh, <laughs> they at least said that never say never on that for the first time. But uh, you know they're they're kind of restricted in what they can do, right? Well, I mean, they're somewhat restricted, but they also do a lot of different tests. And this is one of them that they're going to do to see if they can charge extra for, um, you know, other users on the same account or creating new accounts. But as you say, when subscription growth has matured, which it has, uh, this does seem like an interesting way, uh, an interesting opportunity to um, to bump up subscriber acquisition in certain markets. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be. It'll be. It'll be um, definitely worth watching what happens with this test and what else they say about it. Yeah, yeah, and I got to say, you know, they're, they're kind of restricted on how much they can raise prices now, right? Because they're, um, you know, they're as expensive as HBO Max. So there's a there's they're really restricted in how much they can raise prices as well. So I don't know. It, <laughs> Uh, hopefully it stays as just a trial and they find other ways of continuing to grow revenue. We shall see. But I think we've covered a lot of ground here, four stories this week. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Or I don't, Will. I don't. Okay. Well, then I think we'll wrap it at that. So great chatting, Colin, as always, on the podcast. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. And we will see you again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of in-screen media and video news, all rights reserved.